it's Dusty, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Queer Street. And I know that you have been waiting so patiently with bated breath for a week since I announced this. So thank you so much for being so patient. You're going to have to be patient with me for a little bit longer, though, you know, because this is the first episode. It's still new for me. And there might be some bumps and hiccups, but you know, hang around. Hopefully it'll be entertaining for you. I know it's going to be entertaining for me. That's why I did it. So this is the first episode. We're going to talk about the first book in the Fear Street series, The New Girl. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to talk to you about myself and like, why the hell am I doing a podcast on Fear Street? Okay. On like a 30 something year old series. Well, so picture it. 1989. Yes, this is a Golden Girls reference. Picture it. 1989. Uh, a younger, chunkier, dorkier, maybe not dorkier because I'm pretty dorky now, um, me. And, you know, it's third, fourth grade, right when you're, no, you're not a little kid anymore. You're not quite in middle school. It's that weird area where you're starting to come into yourself, okay? I was different. And at that age, different wasn't so bad. You know, it wasn't horrible. But this series ends up spanning all the way through 1997, the original 51 books in the original series. And think of all that time. So you've got... Uh, early elementary, you've got middle school, you've got puberty, you've got high school. So all of those crazy fucking times and everything that happens in that time, that was the part of my life that this original series covered. So as you know, I'm growing up, finding myself clearly, I was not the same. I'm not, you know, your typical little boy. And obviously the older you get, I was teased and yada, yada, yada. And as I realized hey, you know, I am not like this, that, or the other. And what that meant to be in the closet and gay and young and and all of that. So what do you do? You, you know, I had some friends. I didn't have any super close friends, but I had my little circle, you know. But even then, what do you do when you don't feel, you know, like you have, you know, that? What do you do? You have to escape. What do you escape to? Well, books. Because I was dorky. I didn't escape to, you know, drugs or, you know, anything like that. But books, even now, I mean, you have a bad shitty day, you come home, get some wine and read a book. Or if you have a great day, come home, get some wine and read a book. You escape. It's enjoyable. So that's what I did. I turned to that. I've always loved creepy, scary horror things. So right off the bat, you've got that. You've got the fact that I was a dorky reader anyway. I loved books. I loved horror things. This came out. It was just the perfect storm for me. So I naturally gravitated toward these books and I became obsessed with them. I remember, <laughs> depending on how old you are, like going to Walden Books or, you know, like um, Barnes, well, no, it wasn't Barnes Noble. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, shut up, Siri. I wasn't talking to you. God damn. So <laughs> Walden Books is where I went to in the mall by my house. And so going like every week, getting books and, you know, this whole series and other books that are similar to them. I loved it. Okay. So that was me. I loved it. It's my favorite genre. It was a friend. It was an escape. It was the right time. So thanks, R.L. Stein. Hanging with me, looking out for me there. But let's get into it. So we have the first book, The New Girl. Like I said, it's 1989. It was first published in June 1st, 1989. And it's 168 pages. And before we get into it too much, I also want to be reading the blurbs because I don't know if some little like copywriter lackey wrote these or if Arl Stein wrote it or if Bill Schmidt, who did most of the um, cover art, who we'll talk about later because, you know, I'm a huge fan of his now. 
I don't know who did it, but the blurbs are just half of the fun of this. So on the back of this one, it says, welcome to Fear Street. It says, don't listen to the stories they tell about Fear Street. Wouldn't you rather explore it yourself and see if it's dark terrors and unexplained mysteries are true? You're not afraid, are you? And then it says, dying for a kiss. She's pale as a ghost, blonde and eerily beautiful. And she seems to need him as much as he wants her. Corey Brooks hungers for Anna Corrin's kisses. <laughs> drowns in her light blue eyes. He can't get her out of his mind, and the trouble has only begun. Shadyside High star gymnast is losing sleep, skipping practice, and acting weird. All the guys have noticed, but only Corey's friend Lisa knows the truth. Anna Corman is dead and living on Fear Street. Now Corey must explore its menacing darkness to discover the truth. He must already—he has already been warned. Come to Fear Street and you're dead. Come on, if that doesn't drag you in. And then the little blurb on the front, the little tagline says, he had to learn her secret or die trying. Oh, yes, please. Now let's talk about the cover because I love these. These covers have a very like, the original have a very like pulp fiction kind of look. I'm not talking pulp fiction like John Travolta and Uma Thurman with that little eye dance. I mean, that's cool too, but that's not the pulp. I'm actually talking like 60s, 70s pulp even. And they also have kind of like a 90s vibe, obviously. But so we've got this like bluish, darkish street with these big rambling houses on either side. And there's this girl in the middle and true to the description on the back, she's blonde, she's pale, and she's a little see-through, you know, there's like mist. And she's got this look on her face like, <gasps> you know, like she's looking for something like she's scared. But bitch, you shouldn't be scared because apparently you're the ghost. But we'll get into that. So the new girl, I, again, these covers, we'll talk more about that later in another episode and I will talk more about R.L. Stein himself in another episode but right now we're just gonna dive right into the series so as mentioned on the back we've got our main character Corey Brooks he's got curly black hair and he's the star gymnast of Shadyside High now Shadyside is that wonderful place that you know it's in middle America but you know it's got everything it's got mountains it's got beaches it's got lakes it's got snow it's got sun it's got everything you could ever want it's like the best of literally every world right smack in the middle of nowhere i believe it's supposed to be in ohio but i am obviously not too much into sports but being from texas gymnastics is not really the high school sport here it's football clearly you know where you do like free throws and shit i don't know i'm not really a sports nut but it cracks me up that it was gymnastics is this thing because i i you know i love gymnastics but that was to me more like an Olympics thing, or right now, if you watch like, you know, reality TV show on like TLC. But anywho, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know what? I totally forgot to tell you. So uh, I have to, I, I meant to tell you this. So <laughs> go back to before I started talking about the book, because I'm not going to stop this and restart it. I've already done that a couple of times. So flash forward to just about last year, actually exactly last year, um, today, as I'm recording this, my good friend Robbie over at Moby Fig, the podcast, you know him, you love him. He sent me a bunch of these R.L. Stein Fear Street books because we've been talking about he loved the Goose the Goosebump series and I love Fear Street. So he sent these to me and I was just um, immediately obsessed. It took me back all the nostalgia because of course I didn't keep any of mine and I'm just kicking myself and my mom. Sorry, mom, for not keeping them. Ugh, just it kills me. And um, so he gave them to me. It was just like the most amazing gift and it just thrust me back into this and I knew right away I had to I had to collect them all I had and I, I almost I have only one left in the original 51 and I'm working on the other the other reboots and series and you know side ones but um right as soon as he get he got me that um that 
you know, set of books, I was like, I have to read these again. So I started and I have been reading one, uh, you know, after every other book and I am loving it. So then I thought time to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. So why not do it about this? Why the hell not? Okay. Back to the book. So I wanted to say that for sure. Cause I was like, that kind of links the, the past to the present. Anywho. So back to Corey, he's a gymnast. He's got curly black hair. He's super cute. His best friend is Lisa Bloom. They've been friends since childhood. They're the neighbor, you know, she, <laughs> this kills me. I love it too, because Arlstein is so good at describing people and describing what they wear. Plus it also really super dates these, which I adore. So she's got long, dark, long, yeah, long, dark hair, dark eyes, she has dark good looks. And then she's compared to looking like Cher. Yes. Yes, yes, because I was the little eight-year-old boy who knew who Cher was, who <laughs> knew words to those songs. So I'm going to give you a minute to go, oh, and do your best Cher impression, because that's what I just did. And come on, you could not write a YA book nowadays and compare someone to looking like Cher. And, you know, unless you were writing for like an older audience or gay men, you just couldn't. I love it. And this is not the first time that like, popular culture is mentioned in these books and it just takes me back. So Cher, 1989. So they're good friends. They've been good friends. And the book picks up in the lunchroom and he's, Corey's goofing off. He's having lunch with his friend, Lisa, and he sees this mysterious girl that he's never, he's never seen before. She's gorgeous. Just like the books like describes her. She's pale, got this blonde. And he just immediately is, you know, overcome with this need to speak to her. He goes and meets her. Her name is Anna Corwin. She's new to Shadyside as we will come to find out in subsequent books is a common theme because, you know, people die and shit a lot. So they have a constant influx of people. And so nobody seems to know who she is. They've never met her. So, but he has to know her. She, 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 she's, he's enraptured by her beauty and everything. So <laughs> she though, he, he got, he has to know more about her. And then she leaves after class and he waits for after school. He can't find her. He's like, it's like she was never there. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. So <laughs> he goes to, so he goes to the office, you know, because that's what you do. You, you can't meet a girl. You have to go root through the school's files secretly. And there's no file on her. None of his friends have seen her. Nobody knows. And when he calls the number she gives them, it's kind of like they're evasive and they're not really talking about her. Okay. So he's like, you know what? I, I can't, I can't take it. I need to see this girl. So he goes to her house, which is on, you said it, you know it, Fear Street. Now, right away, when you know it's on Fear Street, people are like, oh, damn, Fear Street's where this crazy shit happens. And it sets up the whole series that Fear Street, all of Shadyside is creepy AF, but Fear Street is like creepy central. All kinds of crazy shit goes on there. So when he goes there, he meets her brother, Brad, and Brad's all like, um, Anna's dead. You didn't meet my sister, Anna. Anna's dead. And Brad's all like, uh, yeah, I did. And she's super fine. But <laughs> he's still, he won't take that for an answer. So he thinks Brad is a total douche canoe. He's horrible, you know, but he's got to find out more. So Brad basically just like closes him out, shuts the door. My sister's dead. Leave us alone. So he goes and tells his friend, Lisa, good, poor old Lisa, damn, this bitch is just gets innocent and gets drug into this poor thing. As you will find out, she bears the brunt of the like craziness in this book, because as 
Corey tries to get closer to this elusive Anna that sometimes he finds, he talks that nobody knows about. Sometimes she can't be found. Lisa's kind of telling him, pump the brakes, dude, you know, chill out. His grades are starting to suffer. His lucrative gymnastics career in high school is starting to suffer. And, you know, Lisa's probably getting tired of him being so moony. She probably just wants to bitch slap him and say, snap out of it. There's another share reference. And, <laughs> and one day they go, Corey and Lisa are talking probably about Anna, of course, because that's all Corey fucking talks about in this book. And in Lisa's locker, there's a dead cat with a warning on its neck. So she thinks, oh, this Anna bitch is out to get me. See, I told you, you need to leave her alone. She's dead. Something's creepy on with this family. But Corey's like, no, no, it can't be. Come on. Your childhood friend just had a dead cat in her locker. Now, it does not tell me. How does one get it? I don't know. My locker had a lock on it. I don't know. That was in high school. I don't know what's going on in Shadyside. Apparently, I don't know. Maybe Annie used her, her, I don't know, ghost powers or some shit. Anywho, <laughs> Corey still is hell-bent on learning more about Anna and solving the mystery that is this quote-unquote dead girl and her jerk brother. And so at school one day, poor Lisa falls down the stairs, or is she pushed? Again, this poor bitch, she is bearing the brunt of Corey's dumbass actions and <laughs> Corey is still the one. He's like, you okay? Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go check on Anna. So <laughs> he ends up going to prom with Lisa, his best friend, who I, I guess, I don't know. She's a glutton for punishment. I don't know. It never really says that she has a crush on him, but they're friends. Maybe she just is, maybe nobody else will fucking listen to Corey Babylon about Anna. And she just feels bad for him. Who knows? Regardless, he ends up going to Anna's house on Fear Street where Anna tells him that the reason she's so elusive and the reason Brad seems so creepy and he might be the one that pushed Lisa down the stairs is that a couple of years ago, get this y'all, a couple of years ago, his girlfriend Emily died and it kind of made him bonkers. He slowly started saying, oh, Emily's alive, Emily's alive. Then he slowly started calling up. Uh, out of the woodwork comes this past sister, Willa. He starts calling their sister, Willa, Emily. And, but the family, of course, you know, I, I guess they didn't get him help, you know, mental health. This is the eighties, but they did not do anything about it. They just thought, oh, it's okay. Well, come to find out. Willa falls down the stairs at their house and dies. Now they can never prove that crazy old Brad pushed her, but that's what they lead you to believe. So, Corey is just, you know, here's this wonderful ghost girl that's not really a ghost. Instead, she's just this poor girl with a crazy ass brother who may or may not be looking to kill all of them, including that poor bitch, Lisa, who just got drug into this. So he has to save them. So he goes to Lisa, tells them all about this. They go back, run into Brad as Corey's all confronting Brad. You can't do this. Bum, 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 flips the switch. Brad tells him that um, his sister Anna actually is dead, but the Anna that Corey thinks he knows is their sister Willa. Because come to find out, Willa growing up was always jealous of their sister Anna. She was prettier. Everybody loved her more. I guess Willa was just batshit crazy in her own mind. She ends up killing their sister Anna out of jealousy. And then she started pretending she was Anna. 
So somebody was crazy in the family. Wasn't Brad this time, but it was Anna. And so they had her put away in some institution, but she seemed fine. So they let her back out. You know, that's the case. They let her out. I guess they needed the bed, but they let her out and she seemed fine. But lately she'd been acting weird. So that's why Brad is always skulking around the school while he was around and Come to find out it was must have been a big old mistake that Lisa fell down the stairs. I don't know. Maybe she's just clumsy or some shit. But he was there trying to protect them and find out Aunt, and find out about Anna. So they have this big showdown where basically Anna loses her damn mind and it's clear that Brad is right. Anna is the sister, Willa, and they call the police and the book ends. I'm flipping through here. The book ends with the police coming to get them, coming to get poor, crazy Willa. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's it. I know it wasn't too bad, but you got to think back. You know, think back, reader. Readers, you're not the readers, I'm the reader. Think back, listeners. That's what I'm looking for. This was 1989, plus it was the first one. So that was still a little creepy. So I also am going to keep a body count for y'all. Now, sadly, we got a big old goose egg body count here. And book number one. Ain't nobody dead. We can't really count the original Anna because she died before the events of the first book. I'm going to make that in my notes because we want to keep that. But right now we're sitting at a big old body count of zero. So that body yaddy yaddy, it ain't. But I'm also going to keep track of the kind of fear. So I have this one filed way under crazy people because that will be a theme. You know, I've got, we got ghosts on Fear Street. We've got murderers. We got random supernatural not tied to ghosts. And we got some crazies. So this falls under the crazy category. Now, this is the part you've all been waiting for. Who is the queer? I know what you're thinking. You've been wondering, who could it be? Who could it be? Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm nearly 134% positive that the queer was Lisa. Because... I know, I know. You can say that maybe she was just upset, or obsessed with Corey, but you know what? Mm-mm. That bitch put up a lot. I think she was just the lesbian best friend. Okay? I don't have a lot of proof, but you know what? She was the queer. She was the queer. I just feel it because you never really heard about her wanting to be with Corey. You never really, I think she was his wingman, even though she was trying to keep him from Anna. Mm-hmm. Plus, that poor bitch is crazy. And she ended up being pushed down the stairs. She had that dead cat. So, oh, poor lesbian Lisa. But Lisa is the lesbian. Lisa is the queer in this book. So it was not Corey because he's obsessed with Anna. It was not Anna because you know, she was just obsessed. And it wasn't Brad because, well, he was just looking out for his crazy ass sister. So we're one queer in, no bodies, and a crazy. Now, I rated this book four stars. Goodreads rates it at a 3.69, in case you were wondering about that. But I rated it four because, one, it it's a great kickoff to this series. I mean, because you've got some red herrings. I love a good red herring. you got some crazies. You've got some mysteriousness. But, you know, as is going to be a familiar part of this series, the book wraps up rather quickly. I mean, all of a sudden you're at the end of the book and you're like, damn, that escalated quick. But I'm okay with that. So four stars here and 
that's the new girl. So the next book is called The Surprise Party, and that episode's going to be out next week. So I hope you've enjoyed this with me. I had a blast sitting here talking about it, talking about myself, talking about this book, and hopefully, even though I spoiled it for you and I told you how it ended out, hopefully you are obsessed now and you are going to head to the interwebs and find out you have to scour because these books are old now i will say that the new girl was one of like the first like five or so that were re-released without great covers i might say sorry cover artist of the 2005 re-release but mm -mm, i am all a purist here so it is all about the original covers for this chick Mm -hmm. that's right so Stay tuned next week where we're going to talk about the surprise party. And thanks for hanging around. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.